0: Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 152, Negative Thinking Got You Down. It's December 1st, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any fashion. My music is by Howie Moskovich. Negative thinking got you down. Well, most likely it does. And before you begin beating yourself up, if you happen to be someone who thinks negatively, I have some good news. And the good news is that according to the research, your brain is kind of wired to think negatively. So let go of the bat, open your mind, and let's dive into this. First of all, if you are new to my content, please visit my website and enter my giveaway. The prizes won't be shipped and winners won't be notified until 2024, but there's no reason not to enter. Next, I am not a therapist or medical professional in any capacity, licensed or unlicensed, so none of what I say in this podcast or any of my content is designed to be therapy or medical advice. You should get your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider. If you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community or you happen to know someone who is, I would... Really appreciate if you would let them know I have transcripts on RSS.com, my hosting platform for all of my podcasts. And this this transcript for this podcast will be generated likely later today or by tomorrow. And last but not least, if you are suicidal, if life has become too hard for you or life has been too hard for you for a long time, or you just really don't think you matter or for whatever reason, you're thinking that that life is just not doable, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number is 1-800-273-8255. You may also call or text 988. 988 is the replacement number for the 1-800-273-8255. Apparently, they both still work. I'm not sure 988 works in every state, but there you've got two numbers. We do actually have a lot of resources if you're feeling suicidal or hopeless or like you can't continue. And if you understood trauma and adverse childhood experiences, you would probably understand that oh, it's reasonable I feel this way, and get some help and get your life turned around. Now, negative thinking. So I mentioned earlier in the intro that according to the research, we are hardwired to think more on the negative than we are on the positive, which is fine, and hopefully that gives you a little freedom. Now, I am asking you to just really take a deep breath. If you happen to be a negative thinker, now, you might call yourself a realist because sometimes negative thinkers really can't cop to that. You might call yourself a realist or some other terminology, but right, this podcast is all about negative thinking and what I call the negative thinking pack, P-A-C-K, which the negative thinking pack, P-A-C-K, is a made up term. There's no such term other than in my world. And and in my world, the reason I have called it the negative thinking pack is because negative thinking typically almost always travels in clusters or in a group and that would contain not only you know negative thinking negative thinking is kind of the overall umbrella but we've got overthinking catastrophizing catastrophizing brooding and ruminating or rumination so those things overthinking, catastrophizing, brooding, and ruminating are under the umbrella of negative thinking. So we're going to lay out some terminology, give you some background, and then of course give you the good news is what you you can do about this. So negative thinking as an umbrella term is a pattern of thinking negatively about yourself and your surroundings that is more than fleeting. So it's kind of a common occurrence, a common situation. Overthinking distinct from negative thinking, is to think too much about something, to put too much time analyzing or thinking about something in a way that has become more harmful than it is helpful. Rumination or ruminating is obsessed thinking involving excessive repetitive thoughts or themes that interfere with other forms of mental activity. It is a common feature of obsessive-compulsive disorder and or generalized anxiety disorder. So ruminating is you're kind of like going over and over and over uh, repetitively, excessively, and this is interfering with other mental activity. Catastrophizing is to imagine, just as the word catastrophe Means catastrophizing is to imagine the worst possible outcome of an action, an event, or situation, to think about a situation or event as being a catastrophe or potentially having a catastrophic outcome. Now, catastrophizing, interestingly enough, is also one form of a cognitive distortion. So what wasn't clear in the literature is if all catastrophizing thinking is a cognitive distortion. I'm kind of leaning towards not, but it's unclear. So there's catastrophizing as a thought process. That's clear. But there's also catastrophizing as a cognitive distortion, which I will talk about later. Now, brooding. Brooding is preoccupied with depressing, morbid, morbid, or painful memories or thoughts. So just like the, like, you know, oh, they're brooding over uh, the loss of their job. Now there is something called a brooding compulsion, which is different. And a brooding compulsion is an irresistible, an irresistible drive to mentally review trivial details or ponder abstract com- concepts as a means of reducing stress or preventing some dreaded event or situation. So those are kind of the, the basic definitions of what falls under what I'm calling the negative thinking pack, pack or negative thinking. Now, what's very clear in the research is that these can impact you in a very substantial, substantial way. So I'm going to outline 10 of the more common items from the research on this negative thinking so number one brooding and ruminating in particular can lead to alcoholism brooding and ruminating can cause clinical depression and it can put you at risk for develop developing cardiovascular disease brooding and ruminating can also lead to impaired decision making and problem solving and it can reignite emotional distress catastrophizing can contribute to mental health challenges and be a predictor, a positive predictor of anxiety in the adolescent community. Catastrophizing has also been associated with depression. There's that. Overthinking. Overthinking can cause anxiety, depression, insomnia, indecision, tension in your body, reduced productivity, and relationship issues. Overall, negative thinking could have long-term negative effects on your psychological well-being and puts you at risk for depression, generalized anxiety disorder, PTSD, psychosis, OCD, social anxiety disorder, and increased stress. And according to the Harvard research on the Harvard uh, website, this negative thinking can also cause cognitive decline and memory problems so if you're interested in aging well i just did a podcast about fear of getting old having negative thinking is you, is something you would want to take off your list and move towards more positive thinking so i do want to mention though the, neg- the the relationship between negative thinking and A possible cognitive distortion. So this is according to the research. According to the research, negative thinking and a cognitive distortion frequently show up together. Frequently they travel together. So what do I mean by a cognitive distortion? A cognitive distortion is a flawed, inaccurate, or distorted thinking, meaning your cognition, your cognitive abilities which is also known as irrational thinking. So a cognitive distortion is another word for or term for irrational thinking. And that means that your judgments, your perceptions, your views, your thoughts, everything is flawed or inaccurate. And meaning your conclusions are also flawed, inaccurate, or distorted. And from what I can tell, I've been trying to hunt down the prevalence of A cognitive distortion for some time now, and I'm not seeing it, I'm not seeing a confirmed number and agreement, but I do believe it is extremely high. I believe it's well over 50%, maybe in the 60%, 70%. I mean, it's high, but I don't know what the number is. So there are many sources that will list the the specific cognitive distortions that go with negative thinking. So here's some of them. This isn't all of them because we don't have agreement, but filtering, polarization, overgeneralization, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, catastrophizing, personalization, control fallacies, fallacy of fairness, blaming, shoulds, emotional reasoning, emotional reasoning fallacy of change, global labeling, always being right, all or nothing thinking, magnification, black or white thinking. And we really don't even have agreement on the terms for cognitive distortions because all or nothing and black and white thinking are kind of pretty much the same. And there's other, you know, terms for all or nothing or black and white thinking. So I'm not even set that we have agreement on what the cognitive distortions are in the final list and all that stuff. But what you should understand, though, is that according to the research, it's very common that people who have negative thinking also have a cognitive distortion or vice versa. So it's common to have a cognitive distortion and your brain is already wired to think negatively. Now, uh, according to a 2021 study... 2021 study. Cognitive distortions can contribute to the development and worsening of mental health disorders such as depression. Now here's something that I found very very interesting. This is this goes under Houston we have a problem or the emperor has no clothes. According to a PubMed research piece which is titled I'm giving you the title so you can go look it up. I didn't put all the all the uh, reference numbers, but the title is Quote historical language records reveal a surge of cognitive distortions in recent decades. End quote. That's the title. It's by Johan Bolin, B-O-L-L-E-N, et al. July 27, 2021, which should be you should be able to locate it from that. So what the results are is the results point to the possibility that recent socioeconomic changes, new technology, and social media are associated with a surge in cognitive distortions so Houston we have a problem and I guess apparently that's from PNAS the something processing national academy of science or whatever USA it's unclear of the title so we have two separate items here in this podcast on negative thinking one we have negative thinking but two we have cognitive distortions. And I think at this point in the podcast, it should be very clear to you that um, this, is, this is not a good thing. So before I get into what are you going to do about it, I do want to point out something that is near and dear to my heart, which is that you, I hope, you will understand that if this is how you're organized right now, if you're a negative thinker, overthinker, catastrophize, ruminate, brood, etc. That this is not your fault. This is extremely predictably likely that you got put together this way as a result of childhood trauma or a result of an adverse childhood experience, which means that it is definitely not your, excuse me, not your fault. God bless me. (laughs) So this is most likely either a response to trauma, a response to rejection, a response to lack of love and affection, a response to a sibling being the golden child and you never measuring up, or some other version of parents playing favorites. It could be a response to family abuse. It could be a response to bullying or mistreatment, either at home, at school, in sports, or other activities or organizations. That is frequently how this goes. It could have been role modeled by parents or other family members. Like this is very, very, very likely to be a response to something that happened to you. Either in childhood, young adult, or, or adult life. It could be later in life. So that's typically how it goes. So what that means is this is not your fault. Now that you know this, now that you know, oh, I... I've been overthinking my entire life, probably because of some trauma or something that happened. The baton now passes to you. You now have the baton and you have a choice moving forward. But I promise that this is almost certainly not your fault. And by the way, this has been written about since the beginning of time. So one of the issues before we dive into what <clears throat> what we're going to do about it, or rather what you could do about it, is that... For some percentage of people who have negative thinking or the negative thinking pack, it becomes literally almost like a runaway train. Like they fall into the pit or the trap of either overthinking or brooding or ruminating or catastrophizing or what have you, and then they can't stop. They simply can't get out of the trap of that. So I've worked with people enough to know that for some of them, it literally is takes a life of its own it is literally literally a runaway train and it takes a great amount for them to recover and get back into the game of life so it stops some people from enjoying life clearly it's painful and and for some of them it takes the, them out of the game of life where they're not going to take chances So they're going to let opportunities pass them by because they've gotten themselves kind of turned around in this swirling vortex. So it is painful to watch, to listen to, or to hear or observe. And I do think it is very much like literally a swirling vortex for some people where it's like a trap. They fall into it and they can't get out. Now, what I am going to talk to you about next is can you change the way that you think? Well... You can argue with me all you want, but there's really no argument on the science of neuroplasticity of the brain. So we don't argue science here. What we do with science is we look up science, we see... Is the science valid? How much research is there? You know, what what is the body of the science? What is the weight of the science? Because there are some terms that people throw around, like imposter syndrome. That imposter syndrome in PubMed, it has no body. the, The science has no weight to it. It's like there are so few research hits on imposter syndrome. I found it like almost impossible to believe that people are talking about it. But people are talking about it because anybody can... You know, do whatever they want and talk about whatever they want in psychology <laughs> as well as physical health. So neuroplasticity of the brain is the scientific proof that you can change the way you think, you can rewire and reprogram your brain. I do have a podcast on neuroplasticity of the brain tied with psychoneuroimmunology. But that science is done. It's proven and it cannot be unproven. So if you want to argue that you can't change the way you think, you go right ahead. It'll be like the teacher in the Charlie Brown special. Wah, 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 wah. Because the science proves that you can. What it takes is intentional action or stimuli or stimulus over time that's designed to address the issue or problem. And over time, the repeated actions or stimuli will create new neuronal pathways. There are books on this. You don't have to go into PubMed. You could buy a layperson book on neuroplasticity, and it really is about rewiring or reprogramming your brain. And the more you understand that, then you can go, oh, yeah, I could change my negative thinking. Because you could. Literally, people have been doing it since the beginning of time. So you can do that if you want to. And given what I've talked about with the negative impacts, I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, we do have some people who like to be the victim or they like to be the martyr. And we do have some people who are just so radically opposed to change. They'll never change. Fine. That's you. You do your life how you want to do your life. This podcast and all my content is for people who want to be empowered, be happy and have like this rich, amazing life. So let's start. Where do you begin? Well, first of all, there are two issues as I've laid out. Number one, do you have a cognitive distortion? Well, that's very likely to highly likely i'm not sure how likely because we can't find the percentage so that's question number one question number two is do you recognize the negative thinking patterns that you engage in like are you conscious awake and aware do you do overthinking brooding ruminating catastrophizing etc so it could be it could be i'm just hypothetically proposing this it could be that you could simply have a cognitive distortion like catastrophizing and so regardless that's what 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 you have going on so either way whether you have the the cat (laughs) whether you have the cognitive distortion of catastrophizing or not and by the way you could have more than one like i i i i have met an emotional reasoner who is also all or nothing, you know, my way or the highway. So they actually had a couple going on. And I just think we really haven't flushed out all there is to flush out on cognitive distortions, in my opinion, because I've seen too many uh, contradictory uh, reports about cognitive distortions. But of course, that would make sense when we do not in the world as of 2023 have one unified definition for good mental health. No, we have eight competing definitions. So here are my suggestions to kind of bring yourself to a a new spot. If you want to move away from negative thinking or any of the subparts of the negative thinking pack, overthinking, ruminating, brooding, or catastrophizing, number one, just make a commitment. I'm going to be all in, you know, because since the beginning of time, literally, I promise you, this has been written about changing your attitude, changing your life. Like this is... This is not rocket scientist street. You know, like you don't have to be a rocket scientist, but you do need to bring a commitment because that's what it takes to accomplish anything. So one of my, my second, so my first suggestion is be all in, make a commitment and be like, I'm going to handle this. Number two, start learning to be present. Well, learning to be present is not something that many people do or are familiar with. And what it really means is to be in the moment. Be right here, right now. So right here, right now, you are listening to this podcast. And if you were being present, you would just be listening to the podcast, letting the words wash over you, not thinking your own thoughts in your head, like quieting your mind. And when you do this, so first of all, I have been present since I was very young and I had no idea that there was any other way to live life until around 2008 2009 when I found out that I was present and then I was like, well if you're not present what are you? It's been a it's been a very interesting journey in over a decade because I I that's not how I am. Like it's just not how I am so I had to kind of learn what is it people do who aren't present. So this will give you very rich and amazing moments to cherish like unbelievably rich and this is a learned behavior. So learning to be present the new The new terminology for it, the more recent terminology for being present, is mindfulness. So there are books on mindfulness. There is plenty of material. I've got a podcast on different things. You know, I've got tons of material to support you. But part of this subset, which is suggestion number three of being present, Uh, suggestion number three is to learn to control your mind this has also been done since the beginning of mankind literally it's very it's very interesting Um, and there are many ways you can accomplish that you do not have to go to an ashram you do not have to go seek some you know temple of enlightenment you can learn there's many different ways you can learn to control your mind I do have a podcast on learning to control your mind which outlines some suggestions does mention make a brief mention of many of the other ways you can learn to do it but this will help give you peace you know the whole thing about life is hopefully you want to be well loved you want to be happy you want to be healthy and hopefully you want to have peace peace in your life this is very powerful to have peace in your mind and be able to control your mind So that's number three. Number four is sort out if you have a cognitive distortion. I'm telling you, people have been doing this also since the beginning of time. And if you have one, so what? Focus on catching yourself in the act and take steps towards more rational thinking. So like, you know, there's just so many cognitive distortions. And I guarantee you, like if you know, you know, anybody who's always right, they always have to be right. That's a cognitive distortion all or nothing. Like, you know, it's either one way or the highway. It's my way or the highway. It's this. Way. It's black or it's white. You know, there's no gray. Those are cognitive distortions. And there are so many of them. I do have a podcast that will give you some introductory thoughts on a cognitive distortion, but get that handled because do you want your thinking to be flawed or inaccurate? No, you don't. And I do mention this in my emotional processing workbook, which I will mention later. So so sort out if you have a cognitive distortion. Don't be like, oh no! Listen, it's common stuff, but not helpful. Number five tools. There are two tools I'm mentioning here. One is affirmations, and one is signs. Well, we already know because of neuroplasticity of the brain that you know repeated stimuli or repeated intentional actions over time can develop new neuronal pathways. So our uh, affirmations targeted to a specific issue or problem will help you retrain your brain or reprogram your brain as will visual signs like having a sign that says hey i'm good enough i'm well i'm i'm deserving i'm lovable or i've got this or i can do it or whatever you need like that will help and i do understand there are people who say affirmations do not work my suggestion would be Talk to them about neuroplasticity because that that's not a well-known neuroplasticity by the way and psychoneuroimmunology sadly sadly even though they're proven they just are dyed in the wool proven sciences that will not be unproven they cannot be at this point disproven um but they're not commonly known like it's sad but it's true same thing could be said for a lot of other medical treatments and and whatnot so Get on board with some affirmations, do them as many times a day as you can. The more rigorous you are, the more quickly you will develop, uh, you'll reprogram your brain. My next tool, number six suggestion in the tool toolbox is to have a buddy or partner to lovingly support you on your journey. So, for example, when I was learning, when I learned I had an inner critic, (laughs) I used my children to help me my inner critic which was quite fun that <laughs> was actually very interesting i know sooner told them that i was asking for their help that they would help mommy catch herself when i was being hard on myself it was like five minutes later my oldest said oh yeah i think you were just being hard on yourself i said what what why and he told me what i said and i was like oh yeah yeah you're right so having people help you and i've done this with a friend of mine too when we were on a, a growth and development journey, where you can catch yourself. You know, you can have someone else catch you saying something negative about yourself or saying this or that. It's easier for them to catch you than you. So you don't have to do this alone. You can do it alone. I know some of you will. It's your choice. But I'm telling you, you'll have more fun if you take someone with you and have a buddy or partner. My next suggestion, number seven, is to set goals and move your focus. Shift your focus from whatever you've been doing to making your life be amazing like if you spent all your time and energy going after your goals that the goals that you've set for yourself the goals that will have you have this amazing life when are you going to have time to have all this negative thinking catastrophizing over like i don't know when you'd have time for that i mean that is one of my questions (laughs) i was like my god when do people have time to think about that stuff (laughs) like when do you have time for that what are you doing Well, if you're doing what I'm suggesting, you will be spending your time doing things that will make a difference for your life. Seriously, dedicate yourself to your goals and having good things. My next suggestion is to learn how to manage and process your emotions. This is something that sadly we're not teaching. It is a skill set. You can learn it. And I have a free emotional processing workbook on my website right below the Newsweek logo. Now, in the workbook, I do talk right up front about having a cognitive distortion. Because you're going to have a problem if your thinking is flawed. If your thinking is inaccurate, everything that follows will be flawed or inaccurate. Hopefully you can see this. This is a logical progression here. If you have a cognitive distortion, that means your judgment, your decisions, your perceptions everything is inaccurate or flawed or distorted so that needs to get handled and the emotional workbook if you use it repeatedly so first of all it's free you have no no excuses because it's free If you use it repeatedly, your brain is going to pick right up on that. Your brain is going to pick right up on that. And it will also help you prevent cognitive decline because you're going to be learning something new. So that's a little neuroplasticity for you. But go to my website, print that out. It's over 20 pages. We're on version 5.0. I will be adding uh, some other content uh, later this year, maybe, or whenever. Um, So we're on version 5.0 right now. But print it out, learn it, use it. You will not regret that. I promise you, you will not regret that. I promise you that will change your life. I promise, promise, promise. So that was number eight. Number nine, bring love and affection into your life. Well, not only does love and affection feel great, but we know from the studies, the research in neuroplasticity, that it can boost your longevity and definitely boost your, um, the, growth of your brain so it can prevent cognitive decline they did a an amazing one of my favorite research pieces with the rats the tlc experiment so bring love and affection into your life now it does not have to be romantic i'm not going to fuss with you about how you do your life you do your life how you do your life like you do your life how you do your life uh, but love and affection, even just platonic, it feels great. It boosts your emotional and mental health and well-being. It's relaxing and be rejuvenating. Now, if you got the wrong friends, if you have the wrong platonic people in your life, then it is like painful, but that is not love and affection. True love and affection feels great. It's energizing. It's re- rejuvenating. It's just amazing. And it's it's a very valuable thing for human beings. We have decades of research on that. So that's number nine. Number 10, self-care and self-compassion. Sadly, if you walk around in the world and look at people, like next time you're at a store or somewhere or some event just start looking at people do they look like they're well taken care of do they look like they're happy do they like well if you're at a concert yeah probably everybody looks happy or maybe at a sporting event if the team your team is winning but like when you're at a store or when you're like just shopping or whatnot look at people like really look at them i've been doing this for you know more than two decades with my children when they were little like it was shocking. My kids would look at people and go, wow, like, wow, no, they don't look good. No, they don't look happy. Oh, they look sad. Like, you know, so self-care, 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 self-care. We know that's good for your mental health. Self-compassion. These are two different things. I do have a podcast, one podcast that covers both topics, both of these topics together, but don't make it a chore. Like don't life it life already has chores in it. Your job is to make the chores fun. Your job is to make your life enjoyable and to be nice to yourself. So when I mentioned earlier one of the tools was that you could make signs. Well, you could make a sign that says, It's it's time for me to be nice to myself, or I'm I'm going to love myself, or I love myself, or I love me, or I'm good enough, I'm worthy, I'm deserving, I'm lovable. Do not discount the idea of putting up a sign that you see every day. You can buy them. You can make them. I'm sure they sell them online. Do not discount that impact. And it is time for you to start, you know, enjoying yourself, loving yourself and, and having some compassion, in my opinion. it's Some of you guys are so, you're so mean to yourselves. It literally breaks my heart, breaks my heart. How some of you are so—you're like Sid, vicious to yourself. You're really, you're really cruel. It's not—it's not fun to watch. It's not nice, and it's not good for you. So get on the road to self-care and self-compassion. My next point is really for you. If you haven't, uh, in the research on this whole topic, there is a uh, reference to the fact that cognitive thinking and low self-esteem, or cognitive distortions and low self-esteem often come together so they often travel together along with negative thinking which is so fascinating because here you have all the things that go with this you have a cognitive distortion you have negative thinking and then you have low self-esteem and what is low self-esteem low self-esteem is when you're saying i'm not good enough i'm not worthy people don't like me I, I'm just a loser. And that is horrible. It's just horrible, people. You make me want to cry. Stop that. Well, the way to stop that is to get your life moving in a direction of your choosing. Go after what you want. Do what you want. But do not fail to recognize that if you have low self-esteem, which, by the way, This number seems to me, there seems to be agreement about this number. According to all reports, up to 85% of the population or 85% of the population has low self-esteem. So that means low self-esteem is epidemic. Well, that's probably why we have so many other problems. Now... If you do all the other suggestions that I've made in this podcast, your self-esteem will start to build. It will start to grow as a byproduct of the other steps I've suggested. Self-esteem is not something that you work on per se. You work on other things that boost and nurture and grow your self-esteem. So my next uh, suggestion uh, is that... Um, that you work on the path, getting on the path to optimism and gratitude. Optimism is different than positive thinking. I know many people are like, oh, yeah, just think positively. Positive thinking, in my opinion, is kind of like a band aid, it's not the same by any means as optimism optimism and positive thinking are two different things we don't distinguish them as different but they are very different and i recommend optimism over positive thinking and i do have a podcast about optimism so their optimism and gratitude gratitude is the next piece they're they're different but they're kind of under the same umbrella and optimism is extremely powerful this is an attitude or a mindset That you can change and grow into over time using neuroplasticity of the brain, taking intentional actions, as I suggested, over time. So that's optimism. Now, I'm not poo-pooing positive thinking. I'm not dismissing. I'm not demeaning. I'm not belittling positive thinking. I'm just suggesting to you that in my experience and in my view, optimism is significantly more powerful and better for you than positive thinking. I'm not saying don't think positively. I'm saying optimism is the goal to shoot for, not positive thinking. And you can do positive thinking on the way. Now the next piece of this last suggestion is gratitude. So gratitude is very powerful. However, here's the problem. Sometimes people try to move into gratitude when they're still upset or they're still, they haven't managed or processed a pain about a betrayal or a loss or something they're angry about. That's typically not how it works with your emotions. The way it works with your emotions is whatever you don't manage, whatever you don't process, whatever you do not deal with, lays around and wait for you to deal with it. That's how it works. So then if you have anger or some betrayal or some loss or something that you're upset about, then you try to like put a bandaid over it and say, well, I'm just going to be grateful for what I have, but you haven't dealt with your emotions underneath the bandaid. You see how that does, that's not, that's not a good approach. The way to do gratitude is first deal with any pain, deal with upset, deal with loss, anger, resentment, etc., And then you can move into gratitude. That's my opinion about how it works, and I am the expert in this topic. Now, your emotions run the show. So, going back to my earlier suggestion, download my workbook and deal with your emotions, and then move into gratitude once, like, why did I cry every day in the hospital and probably for the first week or week and a half in rehab for five to ten minutes? Because I was grieving that car accident i had on labor day and it was just a lot of trauma and grief and and i of course i had things to be grateful for but i couldn't be grateful on top of not dealing with the loss and the sadness and the and the just well the shock i'm like shock 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 so Deal with your emotions and then you can move into gratitude. Now, for some of you, if you've really been a kind of diehard negative thinker for a lifetime, you might do well to have a gratitude journal that you look at in the morning and make some notes and at night because you will have to have some intentional stimuli to create this new neuronal pathway where gratitude becomes a way of living and a way of life. It's not a way of life for you. Currently, if you're a negative thinker or you engage in the negative thinking pack behaviors, but whatever you do I'm asking you to have compassion for yourself Have a boatload of compassion If you're a negative thinker or you engage in negative thinking or you have a cognitive distortion and or low self-esteem To just be gentle on yourself. You could say woohoo Look what I've learned about myself now. I get to go on this amazing journal journey and I can start by saying hmm how do I want the next year to go how do i want the next five years how how do i want the next 10 years to go and make it beautiful make it amazing because you really can you have way more control over your life than you think and you can change any aspect about it so if you've been a negative thinker all your life don't be you can be woe is me but get, get the workbook out do the woe is me through the workbook do the oh damn it i'm such a loser go through all that with the workbook figure out whether you have a cognitive distortion and begin to to shore up your mental and emotional fitness. I certainly hope that's been helpful. I love you. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 152. Negative thinking got you down. Well, of course, negative thinking is going to get you down, people. That's the the given. That's the obvious. I hope you have gotten some new ideas about how you can move forward with power, with freedom, with joy. kind of step away from negative thinking I certainly hope you will subscribe to my podcast so you get the new ones automatically and definitely share this podcast with all your negative thinking friends family co-workers and whatnot because we all need a little boost I hope you're doing well hang in there for now love you